sounds like I'm on. Very good. Thank you for welcoming me, guys, and thank you for praying for me. Thank you for uh, adjusting my sound as well. I feel, as uh, Nick A was just praying for me there, I felt like somebody on the starters blocks of a, uh, a sprint or maybe a, a marathon, full of excitement, full of energy, a little bit of nerves, and uh, full of what God wants to say and do, um, and, that, and that sense that I just hope it all uh, tumbles out in the right order. I think um, in the last few um, weeks and months, as I've been thinking and praying about this moment, um, I think God's been absolutely um, lighting a fire in my soul and just overfilling me with his word, with his spirit, and uh, giving me an excitement to lead. And uh, sometimes when you get like a, a flood of, of God like that, um, it can be quite hard to make out the, the wood for the trees or you, ca- you can't see the obvious river channels. Um, maybe as that sort of flood sort of settles, we might see some clear pathways. I hope so, but certainly it's not a drought. Um, and so I hope to sort of pass on some of that um, to you this morning. Um, as you hopefully are aware, if you've been uh, the last uh, couple of three weeks, um, we are in a series at the moment on the Holy Spirit. And Nick A and Phil did a really good introduction on that and just gave us some of the images of uh, what the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And um, I just want to sort of touch on that just to begin with, just to give us some context. And then um, I'm going to do a classic three-part sermon, if you know what a classic three-part sermon is. Um, and we're going to look at the words. We're going to see what it says. We're going to interpret it and just, just see what it's saying to us this morning. And then we're going to hopefully apply it to our lives. And, and Nikkei will come back and lead us in a response. Um, but before I do that, let's just start with the passage. I'd love you to get your Bibles open. Um, I absolutely love the word. I love having a physical Bible and a pen that I can scroll all over. You can probably see I need a bigger Bible. Um, but if you've got one, please get it out. And I would encourage you, um, if you know, you probably also got a Bible on one of these now. They are brilliant because you've got everything at uh, the touch of a button and you can search scriptures that you didn't know existed, um, but there's nothing wrong with a bit of pen and paper either. So we're going to read from Mark's Gospel, and I've picked Mark's Gospel because he's the briefest, and obviously with us going to the part this afternoon, um, we, want, we want to be brief, but we don't want to miss what God's saying. So Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptising in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
the whole Judean countryside and the, all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert for forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. That's a massive moment in uh, the ministry of Jesus and in history. The beginning of Jesus' ministry. And, of course, in a, in a very little way, it's um, the beginning of my ministry, the words to you um, this morning. Um, that is not lost upon me. But um, what I want to, to centre um, on this morning is how that fits into the, the grand sweep of Scripture. And um, this wonderful topic, um, I've, I've told Nikkei to extend it because... There's just no way that you, we can do justice to the, 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 the Holy Spirit in, in a few weeks. Um, we start with Genesis 1 verse 1 where um, the Spirit of God hovers over the waters and um, God breathes his Spirit into Adam and Eve. And then there's the fall and they're removed from his presence. And from that time onwards, um, as we go through the Old Testament, we see that the Spirit descends on individuals um, in power at special times and places. Um, but it's, it's moments in time not for all. We see um, the Spirit descending on the patriarchs of the faith, Abraham, Moses, Joshua. Um, is that my batteries going? No? Okay. Um, we see in the time of the judges... God raises up uh, Deborah, Gideon, Samson, leaders like that to, um, to, to fight grand battles. God uh, speaks through the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel and others. Um, he is giving his word through the Spirit to the people of Israel and beyond. And then, of course, the kings. He raises up um, leaders such as David and Saul and Josiah. And their response to the Spirit defines their, their king and their kingship and their kingdom. And then there's 400 years of perhaps silence, a time where God's Spirit and God's Word seem to be 
rare. And then comes John the Baptist. And at that point, you know, the, 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 um, the passage that I read to you, it comes in all the Gospels in its various guises. And I want to actually, having read to you Mark, I just want us to dip into Luke. So if we just go to the start of Luke's Gospel, and just to bring out and highlight the, the Spirit's activity. When God's up to something, his Spirit is, um, is active. And... Um, as I studied this, it impressed me, actually, if I sort of introduce this moment of John the Baptist coming. The Holy Spirit is all over it. If you go to Luke 1, verse 15, um, we hear of Zechariah, who is ministering in the temple. And uh, the angel Gabriel comes and speaks to him and says, you're going to have a son and you're going to call him John. And he's never to take wine or or alcoholic drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. And then we've got Luke, um, verse 1, uh, uh, so chapter 1, verse 35. Um, Angel Gabriel visits Mary. And um, Mary asks, "How how can you... Tell me that I'm going to have a son since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And then, of course, um, just just below that, verse 41, um, Mary then um, pregnant, Elizabeth, um, her cousin pregnant, she goes off to see her. And when Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, it says, that the baby leaps inside her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You get this Holy Spirit infant um, connection. I love it. Um, we all know, if, if you've had the, the benefit of um, being close to a, a pregnant woman when, at that point where the, the feet are just getting big enough to give an almighty kick from inside, I get that sense, but this was obviously... You know, leaping in a woo, it must have been maybe a bit painful, but certainly exciting. There's life, and, and God's up to something. And then, um, if you remember, uh, if we go on to uh, chapter 2, Luke's Gospel, um, again, Jesus um, is born, and then we have Mary and Joseph according to the law of of Moses, taking their firstborn, Jesus, um, firstborn male, to the temple in Jerusalem on the eighth day to present a a sacrifice of thanks. And um, they meet a man called Simeon. In verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd, seen the, before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple's court. And then uh, later still, verse 36, there's a prophetess named Anna who has a similar experience of seeing the Christ. This sense that the Spirit is going ahead of the infant Jesus. 
And then we come to the, the sort of passage um, that, that we, we looked at in, in Mark and is very similar in Luke in chapter 3. There's the ministry of John the Baptist. And what I love about this passage is um, I spent the first 12 years of my life going to a, a Baptist church in our village. And there's a, t- a couple of things I can remember seeing every, every week. On the front of the pulpit, in golden letters, it said, um, John, verse one, uh, John chapter 1, verse 29... Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's um, this moment when John, preaching a, a baptism of repentance and for the forgiveness of sins, he then recognises Jesus, the Lamb of God. We sang it, didn't we? It's the first song we sang today. And this moment where the Spirit has gone out, And then Jesus, the Word, steps forward. And which um, the theologians tell us that when we think of the, the Godhead, when we think of God, Holy Spirit, Father and Son, it's a little bit like this image that I give you now. That there's the Father with two arms. And one of those arms is Jesus, the Word. And the other of those arms is the Holy Spirit. And it's not just for a hug, but it's also to achieve great things on the earth. God the Father sends the Son and he sends the Holy Spirit. And here, the two are united in a symbolic way and in effect, produce a giant pincer movement on the devil. And what is the word? What is uh, this this moment bringing about? It says, Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John says, I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's obviously looking forward to Pentecost. So let's just think about this moment. Just close your eyes a moment. This is a seminal moment in in history. Jesus, blameless, pure, perfect, Son of God, chooses to enter the water and submit himself to John and his baptism of repentance. Jesus had not done a thing wrong and yet he chooses to complete the law, complete scripture by humbling himself and going below the water and coming out, being washed clean 
a baptism of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And then what happens? John recognises that he is the Christ because heaven was open, torn in two, just like the, the, t- the temple curtain gets torn in two to represent a connection between heaven and earth. And the Holy Spirit descends on him in bodily form like a dove. And let's just think of that, that dove, what that symbolises. That dove symbolises peace. It symbolises hope. You remember the, the story of Noah and the flood. After all that terrible time, they send out a dove to look for signs of salvation, signs of dry land. And in the same way that the earth was baptised by the floodwaters, there's a sense in which Jesus is baptised and then the dove descends as a sign of hope and of peace and a sign of the coming Holy Spirit on Jesus. And then what happens? Another thing of huge significance. The voice from heaven You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And what I love about that moment is both those, um, the ministry of John the Baptist and this moment where Jesus is set apart is that Isaiah, um, in chapter 40, in, in chapter 42, foretells this. In chapter 40, you get the, the passage which the, the gospel um, borrows, which is the voice of one calling out in the desert. So that prepare the way of the Lord is the ministry of John the Baptist. And then in Isaiah 42, um, I'll read it to you. It says, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. So Isaiah was foretelling this moment when God speaks directly to his son. So what's God saying to us this morning? It's clear that um, God's spirit moves where it pleases and it accomplishes what it's uh, sent out to accomplish. And we can't control it. It's clear that the, the, the spirit convicts. I think this, uh, this moment of baptism and repentance is part and parcel of what the Holy Spirit was doing through John um, and around the Jordan. It, it is a necessary work for Jesus to operate. 
God gave me this uh, yesterday evening, and it's John 16, verse um, 8 and on. Jesus said, unless I go away, the counsellor, that is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Where he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. And when we were praying before the service, I just got that, that sense in which God wants us to um, repent, either individually or as a body, that we just want to um, come under, uh, under God and recognise that we are not perfect because even in uh, Acts, when Peter started his ministry, he, he spoke and he said, repent and be baptised for forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I guarantee that most of us, many of us, already have the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. But there's a sense in which when we humble ourselves and we repent and we deal with those sins that we um, easily allow to entangle us, that Holy Spirit is grieved and that Holy Spirit um, perhaps does not fill us in the same measure than he, um, than he does when we lead a blameless life. And um, personally, I, I went on a, a retreat um, over the summer and you know, I was asking God, well, what, what have you got to say to King Center? What are we going to do, Lord? What we, you know? But actually, as he led me on retreat, he took me straight back to me and him. And he convicted me. He showed me areas of my life that aren't as he wants them to be. He challenged me to ring up an old accountability partner who I now meet with um, once a fortnight and to confess, we confess our sins together and we pray for the Spirit to come. So the Spirit moves, the Spirit convicts and the, the Spirit encourages us. You are my son, you are my daughter. When he, when he um, convicts us, it's not long before he then encourages us and he picks us up off our knees and says, with you I am well pleased. And once he picks us up, he begins to lead us and guide us. You notice that, uh, and this is a sermon for somebody else in future weeks, um, when Jesus came out of the water not long after, full of the Holy Spirit, he was led into the desert in his own personal retreat. And he then returned from Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Once he'd battled with the devil and overcame, he came back in a greater measure, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then his first sermon, he stands up and says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he ministers in the Holy Spirit across Judea and Galilee. 
So the Spirit guides us and leads us and empowers us. There's just so much there, and my sense is I need to just pick the one thing. What is the Spirit saying to us this morning? Well, we're marking a new chapter in, in the, the mighty church of King Centre. But I think we should start in the same way that probably you've started all chapters. And that is in repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In retreat, in asking God, what do you want with me? What we are to achieve. And hopefully, God will once again move in this church by his Holy Spirit and send us out in revival. Repentance, retreat, revival. Personal revival. Revival in the body. And revival in Netheredge and beyond. That's what we're here for. Amens to the amens. And I'll leave you with this. We are to be, in a sense, like John the Baptist. We prepare the way of the Lord. We go out... equipped with the Holy Spirit and we prepare the way for Jesus and there's a a fourth RE repentance, retreat, revival there's also a reversal and as we go we are to be like John the Baptist who said Jesus must become greater we must become less.